Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to the Best in the World with Richard Parr. I am, of course, Richard Parr. Oh, that was difficult. This is where I interview some of the greatest sports athletes on the planet to find out what makes them better than the average Joe. Of course, I am an average Joe, so I want to learn from these talented individuals. This week's talented individual is Lizanne Van Voren, and she was part of the Coxless crew. That was a team of women who achieved the world first by rowing 8,446 miles unsupported across the Pacific Ocean in 2015. They went from America to Australia and they were raising money for two charities, Walking with the Wounded and Breast Cancer Care. Lizanne talks about how you can donate to those charities if you would like at the end of the show. All of the details there. I'll also have the details on the main page when you click through to listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or on the website richardparr.net or on the Facebook page, which is imaginatively titled Best in the World with Richard Parr. Now, it's an Olympic year, and one of the things I've been thinking about is Olympic songs, and probably more broadly, songs related to sports. And I was listening to a bit of Whitney Houston, yes, I know that's a a little bit embarrassing for for some of you, you macho, macho men who will never admit that they like a ballad, but they secretly like a ballad. And I've got to say, I think one moment in time is one of the, if not the best sports-related song. I'd love to get your views on this. You can do that by by contacting me on Twitter. That's at Richard underscore Parr. Love to hear your views. Also on the Facebook page. Let's get a bit of debate going. Of course, you've got songs from Rocky. You've got songs from Karate Kid. Be the best. What a classic song that is. There's so many different sports songs which we could discuss. Let's have a discussion about that on Twitter at Richard underscore par. I would love to get your views on that. So, you know, that's something you can listen to on your iPhone or your iPod or your MP3 player. You can stick the earbuds in or your headphones or your your beats if you're hip. I'm not hip, so I don't own any beats. But... Those are things that you can listen to. But you can also listen to audiobooks. And that is one thing I discussed with Lizanne Van Voren. She says on the boat, as they went across the Pacific Ocean, they were listening to the book Wild, 
Remember, that was the movie with Reese Witherspoon quite recently. Perhaps that's something you'd like to listen to. And you know what? Why don't you listen to it for free? Because my sponsor today is Audible. Audible Audible.com has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, iPads, MP3 player. So you could listen to an audiobook like Wild or like what I'm listening to, which is Sports Gene by David Epstein. Really good book. I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But if you want to get a free book and a 30-day free download, all you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best. If you didn't hear me that time and you need to get a pen out, you need to get that notes app on your phone, get ready now. I'll pause. I'll wait for you to get ready. This isn't dead air. This is this is me just waiting. Come on, get that pen out. Get that pen out. You you don't want to miss this deal. I sound like a butcher. You know those ones in the farmers. Oh, anyone want a steak? Anyone want some chicken? Oh, I've got a lovely rack of ribs that you can get here. Well, I've got a lovely deal on audiobooks for you today. One free audiobook and thirty day free download on Audible.com. All you have to do, get ready, is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best that is the best deal you're going to get because it is free on the best in the world with Richard Parr and I'm going to throw in something else for free right now and that is you learning from the best in the world and today that is Lizanne Van Buren. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr Lizanne Van Vuren, welcome to the Best in the World with Richard Parr. An amazing feat that you've done with the women. So how did the idea of this rotor sail across the Pacific Ocean? Where, where did it all start? Where did it come from? Thank you very much, Richard. Um, well, it basically started with um, Laura Pennell, um, who was the drive behind the whole row. Um, and I think it was just something for all of us um to something to challenge ourselves you know none of us had ever done anything like this before um and it has never been accomplished so for all of us we um we just basically dived into it and um saw it as something that we we wanted to achieve and um i guess for everything um, or anything like this, there's got to be a greater cause behind just you wanting to accomplish something. So um, we were basically doing it to raise money for two charities, which is Breast Cancer Care and Walking with the Wounded. Um, And we wanted to to use the road to basically create a platform where we could inspire people and just show people that you could really do anything that you set your mind to. Yeah, amazing. How how did the fundraising for the charity go? Are you still collecting for that? Yeah, we're still collecting. Um, Up until this point, we've raised probably about £50,000 and we're um, aiming to raise 100000 and beyond. So for the next six months, we'll be driving the fundraising and doing talks and school presentations. And then in June um, of this year, we'll have a fundraising event in the UK, in London, um, to basically end off our fundraising um, uh, yeah, and hopefully reach our target. 
Oh, fantastic. Well, at the end of the show, I'll get you to give all the details on how our listeners can help uh, help fund and, and help the charity out there. So we talked about how it started for the group of you, but how did, your, how did you get involved in this? Um, I had just completed um, my first half Ironman, and um, I really enjoyed the psychological aspect behind endurance sports. Um, I've always um, done sports and I've always um, been very drawn to endurance events. Um, and then I actually saw an article on Twitter um, that Laura had put out about what they were doing and what they were aiming to do. Um, and I absolutely love women getting together and just doing extraordinary things. So I messaged her and I said, you know, I think what you're doing is amazing. Well done. And she said, well, why don't you join me? Oh, wow. I must be joking. Like, I've never rode. I've, I live in Cape Town. Um, and she said, well, none of that really matters. You know, you can train for, for this and we can get you set up in Cape Town with um, a support team. Um, and, you know, you can basically do the training um with us but obviously in a different location so i just thought you know i've got nothing to lose um so i applied um and i got sent to the uk or i went to the uk for the physical tests and um yeah i mean that's where i met everyone for the first time none of us were friends before we all came together for the row um and at that um time i was actually busy um buying a practice in Cape Town I'm an osteopath which meant that it was very difficult for me to do the entire row um which was going to last I mean six months plus so um Laura said that's fine they'll keep me as a reserve and um a few weeks before they set off from San Francisco I get get a call from Laura and said any chance that you could do that you're still interested and would you be able to, to do one of the legs so the journey was from San Francisco to Hawaii, Hawaii to Samoa and Samoa to Cairns with a stopover um, for about a week to resupply and clean the boat um, at those two destinations. Um, and then obviously um, have the swap over. So I took over from Isabel Burnham um, in Hawaii and then rode with the girls to Samoa, which took 97 days. Wow, that is a long time on a boat. <laughs> I think I've lasted six hours on a Calais ferry or something ridiculous. <laughs> not, not, not on a small boat where, uh, f- from what I've been reading, you've been sleeping in small quarters and everything like that. Now, I, I want to get into that in just a moment. But just tell me about the training. Because like you said, you've never rowed before. Uh, how Did it become like a full day, full-time job of training? Was it like... How many hours were you doing? What time would you have to get up? And, and what did you mean like you were training with the team, but in Cape Town? Would you have, have Skype sessions? How, how did that all work? Um, so the preparation was in two parts. Um, first of all, obviously, physically. Um, it wasn't because the boat is an ocean rowing boat. It's very stable. Our rowing technique wasn't important, but what was important was our physical strength to be able to actually pull the boat through the water. So what we needed to do in the aim for the row or for the um, preparation was to really just put on 
as much weight as we could or as much weight as I could in that you know allocated time which ended up being about three months um, of muscle and fat so we needed fat reserves um, you know to obviously have to, to burn off whilst I was on the boat and then just muscle strength so we had um, the British um, Olympic team coach um, he set up our physical plan um, our exercise plan and so I had Skype sessions with him and he went through my eating regime and training regime so I was still working a full-time sort of 12-hour day job um, and so yeah I'd get up in the morning sort of either 5, 5.30 go to the gym work um, or I'd do it after work and sort of go to work at 7 until sort of nine ten o'clock um and just do muscle training it was it was a very new area of training for me because I'd always either been a runner um swimmer or cyclist so to go into the men's section of the gym where all the weights are um was a new thing for me and I really enjoyed it um it's very versatile and um it's amazing to be able to see results so quickly um, and then the second part of the training was psychological. I mean, we always said that the row would be pretty much 85% psychological and 15 physical. Um, so we had an incredible sports psychologist, Keith Goddard, who worked with us from the beginning um, and even throughout the whole row and afterwards. Um, and then he got us to prepare mentally for the row which um which entailed a doing a psychometric um test so we got to discover quite in depth um areas of our personalities that would be quite important on the boat so for example how you how you deal with stress and um how reactive you are and um and that was very interesting so we actually got to know each other very well um even before getting on the boat with each other um and then we would do things like write down th our three hot buttons you know what what are the three things that brings out the best in you and what are the three things that brings out the worst in you um, and for example um something that brings out the worst in you could be um, if you're cold, wet and hungry, you know, you might get a little bit moody or being patronised or... People being late for me, Lizanne. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, lucky for you, I've improved my skills on that a lot <laughs> on the row because I'm generally not the most punctual person. But having a routine of two hours on, two hours off definitely drills that into you. <laughs> what... What did you learn the most about yourself that, that, that you're willing to tell uh, people around the world? What, 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 what did you learn the most about yourself from this process, do you think? Um, I learned that um, I learned that mentally I'm a lot stronger than I thought um, I was. Um, I mean, dealing with frustration of rowing so hard that your hands hurt and then looking at your screen repeater which um showed us how fast we were traveling and in what direction um and looking at that and seeing that we were actually 
going pretty much at 0.2 knots, which meant we were pretty much standing still, but rowing our hearts out. You know, I think you really need to have that mental strength to just know that you just have to carry on pushing. Um, because if you stop, you'll go backwards. Um, and and I learned that I'm... Um, I learned that I deal with stress very well, which um, I wasn't really aware of before, but um, there was never a time on the boat where I got particularly stressed or scared or, um, you know, I really thought going into the road, not having done this ever before, I thought that there'd be moments where I really, really had to, um, you know, push myself and get very stressed and that never really happened. Um, and I mean, one of the biggest lessons I learned on the boat was about teamwork. Um, I've never been part of a team that works so intricately and um, like clockwork, you know, two hours on, two hours off. No one ever missed a shift at all, which was incredible, you know, through seasickness, through being tired and sleep deprived. Um, it was such a magical experience working with three other women um to towards one goal yeah amazing and you you said uh, a few moments ago that you needed to put on weight for the row did that mean you could just eat whatever you liked like pizzas and burger king and things like that or were you on a strict diet plan um basically lots of protein so we i got the protein shakes out and loads of eggs um, and i tried to I try to do it as healthy as possible. So lots of um, macadamia nuts, avocados, you know, the sort of healthy fats. Um, but don't get me wrong, I definitely didn't really put restrictions on what I ate. So <laughs> it was basically a time where you could, as a girl, it was incredible. You could really just have whatever you wanted and not feel guilty about it. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Really great chat with Lizanne Van Boren so far. Amazing story. Osteopath by day, world record rower by 97 days on a break. It's not really by night, but she was doing the training by night. You know what I'm trying to get to. And what I'm going to get to now is to talk about today's sponsor, which is audible.com. 180,000 titles to choose from of amazing audiobooks. What I've been listening to recently is Sports Gene by David Epstein. It's all about nature versus nurture in sport. Is it what is passed down from your parents, your grandparents, in your genes, in your genetic makeup that can make you the athlete that you are today? Is it the parents of Usain Bolt? Is it the parents of Cristiano Ronaldo? which makes them great and the genetic makeup they have? Or is it the hard graft? Is it the 1,000 hours a year, the 10,000 hours over 10 years, the improvement in learning? Is it the environment? Is that what makes people such as Lionel Messi and, let's say, Michael Johnson? Is that what made them the best people in the world at their sport? It's all this big debate very good book I've read before by Matthew Syed called Bounce. I'm going to listen to his new book soon. That's Black Box Thinking. That's on my list. But Sports Gene, where Matthew Syed argued that it's more of environment and training, David Epstein seems to be balancing both. I'm only about a third of the way through this audiobook, but I'm loving it already. I really recommend that you should listen to it too. And you can do that for free with today's sponsors, Audible, all you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best for your free audiobook and free 30 day trial. Audible.com, that's audibletrial.com forward slash best for best in the world. Let's get back to Lizanne. She is the best in the world. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Just before we effectively get onto the boat in, in 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 this conversation, what lifestyle habits and changes did you have to make? What sacrifices did you have to make in those weeks and months leading up to the to the race? Well, to to the voyage, even. Um, I guess basically just um, just working in. I, I just had to be very disciplined um, and, you know, it, it had to get done. It's, um, it's just, it's, it's not, it wasn't a choice, you know, you just, something had to get done and you just had to do it. So um, I definitely did a lot more physical um, training, obviously. And then me- the mental training, you really, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person usually um but Keith really got us to analyze ourselves and you know think very much visualize what it was going to be like on the road what was it going to be like getting on the boat in Hawaii and what what it was going to be like getting into Samoa so there was definitely a lot of 
mental training um, that went into the weeks or the months leading up to the row. Um, but apart from that, you know, it was really just train, work, eat, sleep. Repeat. Repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so on the boat, uh, what wildlife did you see and, and, and how, clo- how close would you get to some of them? Wow, we saw the most incredible wildlife. Um, we had um, we had a shark follow us for about a month. So every day would come and just, you know, pop its head out and come and say hello. That's not a fun um, type of pet to have, really, is it? No, no, I mean, we did get very, you know, very um, attached to it, actually. We called him um, Fernando. Um, but it obviously meant that we couldn't swim during those times, which for me was a little bit frustrating as it was so ridiculously hot. Um, and then we saw so many fish, um, mahi mahi in particular, um, and they'd escort us at night. So at night time, we'd have this school of fish either side of us, um, which was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, lots of jellyfish, um, loads of birds and then of course amazing visits from dolphins Um, and we had one um, whale in particular circle us for about an hour and a half and it got so close to us that it wet us with its blowhole oh wow that that must be memories which you'll never forget absolutely and what were you eating on the boat we spoke about what you you had to eat before but what could you eat when you're on the boat uh, we had to basically try and uh, maintain a calorie intake of about 4,000 calories a day. So we had um, expedition food, which was dehydrated food packs, um, which is designed for this sort of thing. You know, it's really packed with calories and, I guess, nutrients to keep us going. Um, but essentially, it was dried food that we just add hot water to. Um, and it becomes a delicious meal. And then on top of that, we had snack packs, um, which we prepared before the row um, and put in Ziploc bags. And that had um, our treats like nuts and dried fruits and um, little sweets. Um, and that was a great tool to stay awake at night, um, you know, just to have something to chew on. Um, but yeah, and then obviously our water, uh, we had a water maker, which um, which was incredible. It really, the water tasted amazing. Oh, wow. And I hear you had solar power on the boat to be able to charge things like iPhones and cameras and stuff and yeah. be able to listen to music. I also heard that you listened to audio books. Are there any particular audio books you listened to on the journey? Uh, yeah, though, we all um, basically in the end sort of shared what was, you know, what we had amongst ourselves. But one in particular was Wild, um, that Reese Witherspoon um, stars in. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, it was amazing because she also goes on this, um, you know, a journey of her own. And there were so many parallels that we could relate to. So that was a really nice one. And then we visited old classics like Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> which is also really nice. Mm. Oh, no, no, nice way to just keep your brain thinking and moving while, while you're doing all that work. And I, I, I hear that you also wrote a diary and there was a story that it got stolen, but you managed to get it back. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so um, 
my I kept a um a journal throughout the row um which was just my own personal you know records of what happened and how I was feeling um and when I got back to Cape Town um probably about two months ago it got stolen and um I was obviously devastated uh but along with the bag that had my diary in um was my phone and we tracked my phone to um an area in Cape Town called Manenberg which is pretty much gangster territory in Cape Town so we went to the police there and said you know here's my phone through the my uh, find my iPhone app um I tracked it to um to that area so the police escorted us um and they were amazing and you know they tried all they basically tried to find it all night um we had to go home after about an hour and a half because they got called onto another job but um they didn't stop until they found it they called us in the next morning and when i got there the guy took it, my phone out of his pocket and was like is this your phone and i was like amazing that's so great um but they hadn't found the bag the bag was nowhere to be found so um we basically um started a new mission trying to find the bag and um, because from the police we learned that um that the car that they used that that was used just after they stole my bag had been abandoned and um, it broke down and they abandoned it and um we thought well they probably took my phone out as the only valuable thing in the bag and just left the bag in the car um so we thought we'd sort of try and track down the car and see if it was um sent to an impound um lo and behold it was so um Dan Mayer um basically went and did all the research and went and um found this one particular impound place that um that the car was sent to and my bag was there with my diary and all wow. so i went um one morning before work and got it back and it's been so amazing reading back um you know, a few months later, going back through the diary and just experiencing it all over again. Had you ever written a diary before or is it something you've decided to continue to do? Did it help you mentally with each day or anything or was it purely just for that, that record for you to have? No, I've, I keep a diary, um, you know, generally and not every day at all, but um, I like to have a record of, um, you know, things that happen in my life. Um and I I basically wanted the diary to be able to reflect upon the road to be able to go back and um remember things that I'd forgotten and things that I felt and lessons that I learned um you know it was all obviously very personal so it was um it's just a tool for me to be able to um yeah to reflect really and how hard was it or how easy was it for you to leave the boat when your leg finished? Oh, wow. That was such a bittersweet moment for me. Um, about a week before we were due to arrive in Samoa, that's when it already started. You know, I was we were all in so much pain because... 
the row was supposed the second leg of the row was supposed to take 60 days and it ended up taking 97 so we've been on the boat more than a month longer than we um were expected to so our skin was just rashed um obviously our bums were sore we were really tired sleep deprived we were hungry because we started to run out of food and really only had sort of beef curry left. Um, and so I was really ready to get off that boat because we were all so uncomfortable. Um, but obviously it meant that I was getting off and the journey was continuing from Samoa to Hawaii, uh, sorry, Samoa to Cairns. Um, and I wouldn't be there, you know, at the end. Um, so it was... It was definitely a bittersweet moment. And how easy or difficult was it for you to then go back to being an osteopath? And were there any things from that journey and what you guys achieved that you now use in your everyday life? Wow, coming back to work and back into my normal life was a bit of a reality smack in the face, to be honest. Not in a bad way. It was just like, whoa. I mean, we'd been in a pink bubble for like three months, you know, where the biggest decision you had to make was what you're going to eat that day um, or what you're going to blog about. Um, So it really was in a way, such a serene place to be um, for three months. And then you come back and you just read the newspapers again. And, you know, so much had happened and, you know, it was it was crazy. And then, you know, going back to work and having people depend on you and, you know, questions about, you know, work stuff. And obviously with patients having to help people who are in pain, um, which I love, I really love my job, um, but it was just, you know, it's like throwing yourself in the deep end again. Um, and things that I've used from the row, you know, beyond the row was definitely routine. Um, I realized how our bodies respond so well to having a routine. Um, the two hours on, two hours off, your body worked like clockwork. Um so I've definitely tried to incorporate that. Um, and then just I became very aware of um, how if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, you is talking about muscles. Um, we, we lost our calf muscles, our glutes, um, because we weren't walking or climbing stairs or doing any of that. We were really sitting down for three months. So we, we lost a lot of muscle mass. Um, so I've become very aware of that and I've slowly started to rebuild that. Um, and then the last thing is teamwork. You know, I've really tried to incorporate um, all of the relationships that I have in my life um, try to work it as a team, you know, whether it's friendships or a relationship or work, um, work colleagues. Um, we all work as a team and if you sort of, look at you know each other's roles and um just get to take the time to understand each other um i think you can be a lot more successful it really sounds like a life-changing experience for you so do you have another challenge lined up um for the moment no i think the rose still is going to take a lot of time with the fundraising um 
you know, just basically rounding it off nicely and making sure that we get as much money for our charities as possible. Um, so I'm, I haven't lined anything up yet, but there will definitely be something else um, that I'd like to work towards. Yeah, I'm sure that itch will come back soon and you'll, yeah, you'll probably I'm want sure. to go for another challenge. Um, before we go, why don't you tell everyone how they can follow you and how they can donate to the charity, please, Lizanne? Uh, we've got a website, um, which is www.coxlistcrew.com. And um, the donate uh, details are all on there um, for our Virgin Money Giving page. Um, and then we still write daily blogs about what we're doing after the row and what events we're doing, um, where we're talking and, um, you know, how people can get involved. So go on there to follow our blog. Um, and then the event in London in June. Stay tuned for that. Um, we'd love as many people to join as possible. Um, yeah. Oh, great. Well, I'll try. Hopefully, everyone can get involved and and donate. And good luck for everything coming up in in London in June and everything in the future and whatever that new challenge will be. Wish you all the best, Lizanne Van Voren. Thank you for being the best in the world. Thank you so much, Richard. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Many thanks to Lizanne Van Boren. Really great chat with her. Amazing story. It really shows that you might have a day job working in a clinic, working in a bank, working in a supermarket. But if you put your mind to it, you can achieve something outstanding. And that is what Lizanne Van Buren has done. She was someone who hadn't even picked up a row before and has now been part of the team which has sailed across the Pacific Ocean. That is something she can be really proud of, an incredible achievement. It shows that we all can do amazing things if we put our minds to it, if we put our bodies to it, and we make the sacrifices to be the best in the world. I really enjoyed that chat with Lizanne. We've been on the water a few times on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. We've had Etienne Stott on the show. We've had Damien Ryder on the show. We've even been swimming in the water with Nick Gillingham. Really good chats with all. Go back on iTunes, on Stitcher, on the website richardparr.net forward slash podcast to listen back to those if you've enjoyed this one. I hope you have. If you've got any feedback for the show, you can always contact me on Twitter at Richard underscore Parr. On the Facebook, Best in the World with Richard Parr. And on the website, richardparr.net. That's a lot of Richard Parrs. It's not about Richard Parr. It's about learning from the best in the world. We've done that with Lizanne Van Voren. And we will do that again soon. So I will see you next time. Have a great week, guys. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 